Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. But she's a fantastic ambassador. Oh, there you go. Wow. I think she just startled our, our photographer out there. <laughs> I got startled. Coming up on Florida's Fourth Estate, we get up close and personal with Florida's birds of prey. So we have plenty of birds. Oh, well, good luck, Tree. Hey. Where you can take a walk on the wild side. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. I know it's good luck if it rains on your wedding day. That's according to Alanis Morissette. But what kind of luck is it if a bird poops on your podcast? (laughs) I think it's pretty bad, Ginger. I'm going to say that it's a really good sign. Hey, everyone, welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. I'm Ginger Gadsden. Hey, so glad you're with us today. My name (laughs) is Matt Austin. We've got a great show on tap for you today. Yeah, we're going to check in with a very cool Florida bird sanctuary and kind of get you to know some of the creatures that are flying our friendly skies. But before we get to that, of course, we always have the main headlines as we wrap up the week. Like to give you some good positive ones sometimes. This first one is just kind of weird and different. Okay. So, as I was coming, yeah, and sad, very sad. As I was coming into work, uh, I saw an email on my phone and I looked. It said there was a whale that was beached and they were trying to save it. And I assumed it was one of our normal kind of whales. There's usually right whales out there, something like that. Well, I get into work and I see the video and I'm like, this can't be Florida. There's a killer whale, an orca. This is just north of Daytona Beach. Keep in mind, this 6,000-pound creature, 21 feet long, has never been found. A creature like this has never been found, not only in Florida, but in the southeast. And here, unfortunately, they could not save it. By the time rescue crews could get there, GG, it had passed away. So right now, they're trying to do a a necropsy, and they're trying to figure out what happened. How did it get stranded from its pod why is it down here was it sick was it injured but they said uh ginger surprisingly from the outside the whale actually looked like it was in pretty good shape it was an adult female yeah it'll be interesting to see uh what actually happened SeaWorld is uh you know, performing uh, the necropsy on it and to figure out what happened to it. And, you know, sometimes these stories, you don't know how they're going to impact you. I thought about this whale the entire day and the entire night because it's such a beautiful creature. And to see it washed ashore, people tried to help it because it was swimming uh, initially. And then all of a sudden it beached itself. So I hope they can figure out what happened to it and i hope it's not something in the florida waters and i hope it's something that doesn't start happening you know more often yeah it's it's not something very sad i would love to see them swimming around in our waters but this is just crazy so unusual it was an odd feeling of kind of awe when i first saw it and i was hopeful that the whale would make it through and then it died right there and now they have this six thousand pound creature that they've got a take out so it was just a, a strange story to cover and certainly one that made a lot of people sad you know how you said you were coming to work and you had your phone and you you kind of glanced and saw something. Uh, but what if, Matt, you were supposed to be sick that day? You called in sick and there you are cruising along I-4. You know, you got your sunroof open and you're just 
living life. Living so I called in Oka. sick, but I'm not actually sick. No, well, right. you're out driving around having a great time. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, this happened in Lake County. He called in sick. He said, well, his wife was sick. And so he had to take care of his wife and its kids, right? So his company, he works for a towing company. His company found out that he had gone on the day he called in and said he couldn't come in. He had gone to a competitor and picked up an application. And the reason they know this is because they have a GPS tracking app on his phone because they need to know where their workers are. Uh, He lost his job because of that. And a lot of people have a lot to say about that because did the company have the right to track him on technically a day off? And people are, they are really having a lot of mixed emotions about it. They're saying, well, if it's a company car or a company phone or a company app and it's on your phone, then they have every right to know where you are if you're working that day. But the problem was he wasn't working. And this guy is really upset. As I said, he lost his job. So the one thing, though, I will tell you that under Florida law, a person acting in good faith for a legitimate business purpose may install a tracking application or device on an employee's property, even without the worker's consent. So it seems like the law bears out that this company could do that. Yeah, it's such a complicated issue because uh, there's a few little nuances in here. He had the app on his phone and they have the ability when they're away from work to turn Mm -hmm. that app off. So they can't be tracked. He did not do that. So apparently there's somebody overseeing where all of the tow truck drivers are going throughout the city. And they noticed one headed over to the competition. So I don't know how the bosses would, Ginger, if you called in sick one day and it turned out you were up uh, flying up to ABC News or CBS this morning to try out for a job, do you think you would survive it? Do you think they'd keep you around? Um, No, and they shouldn't. I feel like if you are going to be that dishonest and say, (coughs) feel, you know, start setting the table the day before saying you're not feeling well, and then you end up trying to find another job, then you're obviously not happy with the job you're doing right now. So maybe it's best that we part ways. Yeah. I don't feel like it was a fireable offense, but I feel like it was a, hey, you're in trouble, maybe you're suspended, but it it seems a little excessive to me to take away the guy's livelihood. I feel like something has to be really bad to do that. I'm sure there's more to this story because you just don't get fired for one offense. Not usually. That depends on the boss, though. It really depends on the boss. Probably the offense. I feel like we're not actually in the situation. We're only reading the tea leaves here. So um, pretty (laughs) fascinating stuff. Uh, Moving along now, I've had some uh, pretty interesting encounters on Interstate 4. People tend to be overly aggressive and excitable. Well, a uh, Orlando police officer, Officer Courtney Burke. So she noticed a car was stalled on I-4 and she pulled over to check and she looks inside the window, Gigi. There is a woman in full-on labor about to have a baby. Right not partial the labor. <laughs> yeah, not one of those little maybe wasn't labor. a little bit pregnant. You, you might be pregnant. <laughs> yeah. No, so so she stops. She obviously helps this woman. And this is, she's a young officer and she helps this lady have the baby. But it gets even more complicated from there because once she gets the baby out, the baby is unresponsive. And 
is not breathing. So she has to perform CPR on this tiny little baby on the side of Interstate 4. And after maybe a minute or so, the baby starts gargling and she's able to save this baby's life. The baby's doing okay. A little I-4 baby, but a terrifying situation for that officer who pulled over. She probably thought she was doing a great job. She did a great job. She was a hero. But then to have that moment, all of a sudden the baby's yeah. not breathing. I can't imagine how that would feel. No. What a way, and I think she was just starting an off-duty shift or something. What a way to start that shift because now the rest, everything else, I guess, is going to just be gravy because you've delivered, not only you delivered a baby, you saved its life. So yeah. just go home. Just go home. Let's take the week off. <laughs> Officer Courtney Burke, you have earned it. Wow. We salute you here on yeah, Florida's Yeah, we do. Fourth you are estate. a hero, a true hero. Moving on, Matt, to another headline that we've heard a lot about lately in the news with people have emotional support animals and uh, they're allowed to take them on planes occasionally if you have the right paperwork. We've seen people try to bring emotional support peacocks, squirrels. There was a cat, dog. Well, now there was a snake almost on a plane. <laughs> this happened in Tampa. TSA scanning the luggage sees this bow constrictor. Can you see it in there? So <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. And it's not a little one. It's like four or five feet long. It's a big one. And I mean, even if it were a foot long, a snake is a snake. So it's going to be ginormous to me because I don't like them. I know they serve a purpose. So don't call me. But try don't to, at they, me. They, they knew that this was not going to happen or the right thing to do, because why would you try and stuff it in your suitcase, right? Why wouldn't you put it on a little leash and try to walk it through security? <laughs> do you know how snakes work? I don't I think don't. That that's how they work. I don't. I don't want nothing to do with it. But anyway, needless to say, that that customer did not get emotional support from that snake and that snake did not end up on the plane that day because that thing could have escaped and you talk about a movie. <laughs> Snakes on yeah, a plane. Yeah. It actually happens in the beautiful state of Florida. And we also have birds in the sky coming up. We're going to get you so close to some of Florida's beautiful birds that you might get pooped on. <laughs> Stick with us. Welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone. You know, there's a reason when people ask you, what would your superpower be? Mine would be, I would want to fly. Just fly free like a bird. I'm going to get to do that. I don't know. Virtually today. <laughs> I hope. I never know how Ginger's going to intro things. It's the best. <laughs> She's Ginger Gadsden. My name's Matt Austin, and we have a very cool gift for you today. We are going to show you some of the amazing birds that call Florida home. And to help us do this, we are going to join the Audubon Center for Birds of Prey. It is in Maitland, Florida. And we've got Daisy Fiore, who's going to be showing us around the place. She has a friend with us already. Daisy, introduce us to our new friend here. Hi, everyone. I'm Daisy Fiore, Senior Coordinator of Education here at the Audubon Center for Birds of Prey. And this is Trouble. Trouble <laughs> is a 36-year-old bald eagle. So we have plenty of birds. Oh, a well, good luck tree. Hey, yeah. Time to yeah. just. We have plenty of birds, about 50 well, we... here at the Audubon Center for Birds of Prey, that are here every day acting as ambassadors for welcome yeah. you and teach you all about the amazing raptors of Florida. 
before we move on to our next set of birds, I find bald eagles incredible. A lot of people don't even understand that bald eagles are in Florida if you've never seen one in the wild. But Ginger and I once covered this story in which two oh, bald boy. eagles were together on the side of a road blocking traffic. We took it live. And Ginger and I, with no knowledge base, told our audience that this obvious. was a love story about two eagles. One was protecting the other one. And then we got a professional on the line live who said, you guys are idiots. One of those birds is murdering the other one. They can be vicious and intimidating creatures, correct? Yes, bald eagles are extremely territorial. So they form pair bonds and they're very nice in those pair bonds. But to stranger eagles, they are very territorial. They are trying to protect the best nesting space that they're laying claim to keep other eagles out of there, protect their hunting territory. So every year here at the Audubon Center for Birds of Prey, we do get in a couple eagles that have got into territory fights with one another mm. and have been injured in those territory fights. So it's very true that if you see two eagles together, could be a bonded pair building a nest, having some eaglets, but they could also be getting in a territory fight. So, you know, we were saying earlier that people don't even know we have bald eagles here, but from what I was reading, I think Alaska has the most bald eagles. They have the biggest population, but in the contiguous states, it would be Florida who has the biggest population uh, of bald eagles. Is that right? We have one of the largest. We're usually uh, either second or third as far yeah. as largest populations. That's very oh, that's cool. Well, Daisy, I want to give your bicep a break for a moment and <laughs> let you trade in trouble and take us to our next location. Okay, oh. so Daisy, up next we have... Some of the owls that are in Florida. So tell us, who is this? Who is this, Matt? This Come on. good friend is Henry. <laughs> Henry is a great horned owl. So this is the largest species of owl that you'll find in Florida. When people think owl, they usually think great horned owl. They make that hoo-hoo call that everyone thinks of. They also have the ear tufts and the big yellow eyes. They're called the tigers of the sky. So if you look closely at those talons, you're gonna see those are talons. Eagles may have a strong grip, but great horned owls can grip about twice as strong as an eagle. So this guy can actually crush bone just with those talons, wow. which is pretty cool. Okay, so, so Henry is the nestling. Ahead, he had fallen out of his nest and broken his wing. Unfortunately, that break was just too bad for him to be able to return to the wild. So Henry's been one of our longtime residents as well. He's only about four years old though, so he's nice youngin. And over here we have one of our barred owls. She's a little shy. This is Maple. She's kind of the princess of the center. She's gonna puff out a little bit if she gets a little surprised by the camera. So the barred owl is the most common owl in Florida. You see tons of barred owls. And they have a very distinctive call that some people think sounds like, who cooks for you? It sounds like, who, 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 And if you hear that at night, that's one of these barred owls. Now, Maple came in as a baby just a couple days old, and her femur was snapped in half, probably a fall from the nest. But she's a fantastic ambassador bird. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Wow. I think she just startled our, our photographer out there. I got startled. <laughs> Darren's she got the reflex. So pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bard owls are kind of famous for being territorial year-round. 
So you just got a little tiny, tiny taste of her being like, this is my space. (laughs) (laughs) This is Maverick. Mm. Maverick is a red-shouldered hawk. It's the most common bird of prey in Florida. If you've ever heard, kerr, kerr, red-shouldered hawks. (laughs) Some people confuse them with red-tailed hawks. Red-tailed hawks, much, much bigger than these little red shoulders. Maverick is only about seven and a half months old. He just came in this past April. He is full size. He's going to get a little redder on the wings before he's full grown. And he loves to spend time preening here out here in the garden. And if you come into our historic Audubon house, you're going to see him looking right in the window at you. It's a ton of fun. So come visit us sometime. Okay, so, so can- Daisy, I have a quick question. So yeah. these birds of prey are all, they're all together in the same uh, area. Do they keep their distance? Do they know to stay out of each other's territory? So they are all tethered to their perches. So just like Trouble is tethered to my glove, they have a little uh, tether on their foot that tethers them to their perch. So most of them are not flighted, but the ones that are flighted, they can only go to their perches in their area. Daisy, say the owl and the bald eagle ended up in an enclosure together. Who wins that battle? The great horned owl? Oh. uh, It would depend on the individuals. So you're telling me a great horned owl? owl? You'd think it would be the eagle, but sometimes you'd be surprised. What? Interesting. Okay, that was not what I was expecting you to say. Okay, all right. Yeah. Keep going on our tour here. I'm loving this. Daisy, what is it that makes, uh, you know, some people, they love birds or they're terrified of them. And you can, I mean, they've been around, you know, since the beginning of time. What is it that is so frightening for some people, but yet you can stand feet away from from these guys? You know, I'm not sure. I think some people aren't fond of things that fly. You know, insects and things flying near our head. I don't think anyone really enjoys that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really think it's just a matter of time. You know, birds are kind of a mystery up there in the sky. So I think people who haven't spent a lot of time with them, they're kind of an unknown. And that can be sort of frightening. But I honestly think if people come and they spend a lot of time with them, that they'll start to see how cool they are. I've actually had a lot of people here who came because they said they were specifically very afraid of owls. And so they actually wanted to come and conquer that fear and get close to some owls. And I encourage you, if you do have that fear, come get close to some of these owls and learn about them and see how cool they are. Because I think you won't be able to be too afraid of them after too long because we have some pretty incredible birds here. They seem very cool. I was out camping the other day with my daughter Sawyer, and as as we were kind of turning in for the night, we heard this, like what your friend over there was making. And before I knew it, she was in my bed, uh, was not getting out for the rest of the night. It totally freaked her out. So I can understand uh, that. What are the best ways that people can help support the cause here? There are so many ways. Just by coming to visit us, you help out. Uh, We charge $8 for admission and all $8 goes right back into these birds into helping our clinic patients that we get into feeding our residents uh, that we have here. Um, We always need volunteers. So if you're over 18 and you're interested in cleaning aviaries, feeding birds, um, working at our guest relations window, taking care of birds in the clinic, come down and volunteer. It's an absolute blast. We love our volunteers. Funds are always so appreciated. Um, Also, in-kind donations. Um, We always need rubber gloves for our clinic and bandages and 
we have an Amazon wish list. So anything you can gift us off there is always so appreciated. Thank you so much for taking the time and for this, giving our audience this custom little tour of the place. It was awesome. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6+.